0: Phrase throwing good money after bad describes exactly what the Brooklyn Nets are doing with Kyrie Irving. Team management and ownership seem to believe they can sportswash his and their reputation if they bring Brooklyn its second ever major sports championship title and first since the Dodgers beat the Yankees in the 1955 World Series. This is one heck of a bet that Kyrie's ball handling wizardry, his once upon a time charming personality and his admirable past activist work along with an NBA championship and a public attention span of a nanosecond, will outweigh the actions of a dangerous man who cares not one bit about alienating his co-workers, the organization that employs him, the league he represents, nor about grossly offending a large swath of those people responsible for the fact that he was due to earn, at least until he got himself suspended for eight games in November, $35 million for this season. This is the Kyrie Irving the Nets thought they were getting when they signed him to a four-year, $136.4 million contract with an opt-out player option for this season back in 2019. The guy who former NBA point guard Jamal Crawford, speaking here with Shannon Sharp, listed as one of the best ball handlers of all time.
1: guys with tremendous handles now. We see Steph Curry, Pat the Rock. I think Kyrie Irving has the best handles that I've ever seen, and I've seen from Rob Strickland to Isaiah Thomas, and yourself had crazy handles. Stephon Marlberry, give me your 4 top handles of all time. I'm going to put Isaiah. Okay. I'm going to put Kyrie.
2: Nothing works up my thirst for an ice-cold Pepsi Cola like getting buckets. Whether I'm breaking ankles or breaking hearts.
0: Hey, Drew.
2: It always brings the refreshment, and I've been drinking it a long time.
0: How old are you anyway, man? Doesn't matter. Uncle Drew, indeed June 29th. The future tastes good. It may seem like a lifetime ago, but Kyrie's Uncle Drew commercials for Pepsi were so popular they spawned a movie that grossed $46.7 million in box office receipts. As this season was starting, remember this name. ESPN reporter Nick Friedel appeared on the ESPN Daily podcast with audio in which he and Irving went back and forth about being best friends, and Fidel recounted an anecdote in which Irving offered him a ride home from the Nets facility, in fact, insisting on helping out his buddy. Irving has spoken up and delivered for the voiceless as well as for those for whom speaking out could have led to precarious, perhaps scary outcomes. It's natural to associate the words, I can't breathe, with George Floyd, who was murdered by Minneapolis police in May 2020. After the murder, Irving arranged to buy a house for Floyd's family. However, those three words were actually captured on tape for the first time in 2014, when Eric Garner died at the hands of the NYPD after officers confronted him for allegedly selling loose cigarettes out front of a convenience store in Staten Island. A graphic cell phone video recording, here courtesy of WNYC Radio recorded the scene as Officer Daniel Pantaleo pulled Garner to the ground in a chokehold. Two weeks later, medical examiners ruled Garner's death a homicide, concluding that he was killed by, quote, compression of neck, compression of chest, and prone positioning during physical restraint by police, end quote. Over the next four months, as a grand jury deliberated over whether to indict the officer responsible for Eric Garner's death, 15-year-old Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, and 12-year-old Tamir Rice in Cleveland were shot and killed by police officers. On December 3rd, the grand jury decided not to indict Officer Pantaleo. This is how New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio responded to the decision. It conforms to something bigger that you've heard come out in the protests in Ferguson and all over the country.
1: This is now a national moment of grief, a national moment of pain and searching for a solution. And you've heard in so many places, people of all backgrounds utter the same basic phrase. They've said, black lives matter.
0: And they said it because it had to be said. It's a phrase that should never have to be said. It should be self-evident. The next night, protesters marched across the Brooklyn Bridge. Some staged a dying at Grand Central Station. This was the scene Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, and the Cleveland Cavaliers walked into when they faced the Brooklyn Nets a few days later, wearing their I Can't Breathe shirts during warm-ups. Asked about his decision to wear the shirt, Irving said, quote, We are in the city where the tragedy happened, and it is important for us to stand up for this cause. This hits kind of close to home. It means a lot to me, end quote. When he saw the immense food scarcity and struggle in New York City at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, Irving donated 200,000 vegan burgers to NYC food banks and half a million dollars to charitable causes. After Breonna Taylor was killed by Louisville police, shot eight times while sleeping in her apartment after officers entered on a no-knock narcotics warrant, Irving and the rapper Common produced and released a documentary about her, entitled Say Her Name. When some of his WNBA brethren decided to sit out the 2020 season to focus on social justice reform, Irving backed them by pledging $1.5 million to help make up for their lost salaries. He said he would not return to the NBA bubble in Florida to finish the season. He led a conference call with 80 other players to voice his opposition, and according to The Athletic, he said, I don't support going into Orlando. I'm not with the systemic racism and the Something smells a little fishy. Whether we want to admit it or not, we are targeted as black men every day we wake up." End quote. And when a jury found Derek Chauvin, the police officer who kneeled on George Floyd's neck guilty of murder in April 2021, Irving had this to say.
2: We just have a long way to go as a country. Uh, you know, Obviously, we have some progress being made in terms of conversations being had and justice being served. Um, but we just still have a long way to go. So it's it's a great time to reflect and see how far we've come in the last year. You know, with the verdict and in the case, and uh, unfortunately losing a life, a few lives um, in the last year through, due to police brutality and just violence out in the streets. So you know, we just want to continue to galvanize each other and be there for one another as human beings, and continue to support you know, justice, being served. That's that's most important.
0: He's smart, informed, and seems wholly committed to using his platform for good. Sounds like a pretty great guy, huh? But there's another side to himself that Kyrie Irving has exposed over the past few years that outweighs his best qualities. On this episode of Wrecking the Toy Department, where we won't just stick to sports because we don't have the privilege of doing so, we'll take a look at Kyrie Irving, the model of all model employees, who continues to prove time and again, that not only has he nothing close to the avatar of a corporate role model, he'd be hard-pressed to earn Employee of the Month if he were an organization's only employee. In fact, his current employer, the Brooklyn Nets, should already have fired him, as they would have any other non-famous employee with a less than eight-figure annual salary had he or she committed the same offenses. Irving's value to the Brooklyn Nets has depreciated rapidly to the point I would not be surprised if there is yet another shoe to drop with him, one that will set him back further in the eyes of his fans, teammates, organization, and league. I also wouldn't be shocked if the Nets let him walk after this season, championship or not. However, the fact that they haven't done so yet means that in sports, or at least the world of the Brooklyn Nets, the chance to win a championship for the first time in a 56-year history that has seen the team move from Long Island to Newark to Brooklyn and along the way from the ABA to the NBA, is more meaningful than the financial philosophies of both sunk costs and throwing good money after bad. Perhaps it hasn't fully hit the Nets organization yet, how everyone's favorite Uncle Drew could become a complete pariah in such a short period of time. So let's review how one undoes such a resume in deep well of goodwill at warp speed. It begins with Kyrie entering the final year of his rookie contract, stepping to the microphone at Boston's T.D. Garden as the 2018-19 preseason began and making this statement. So things
2: as well as the organization and everyone else in Boston, you guys have me back. I plan on resigning next week.
0: He followed that up by shooting a Nike commercial at T.D. Garden in which he says he wants to be the reason no one else will ever wear the number 11, his jersey number, with the Celtics thereby insinuating he'd want to finish a presumably Hall of Fame career in Boston. 52 games into the season, he changed his mind and reneged on his promise.
2: At the end of the day, I'm going to do what I feel is best for my career. You know, that's just where it stands. And my focus this season is winning a championship with the Boston Celtics. You know, obviously we had goals coming into the season, and primary goal is to win championship. so that's where my focus is. Has your mindset shifted though in regards mm. to re-signing uh, with Boston, like the announcement? Asked me July first. What do you mean? Like before the season, you said I'm coming back to Boston. Now it's like I'm, I'm just going to wait till July first.
0: Is that a difference? Sure. You know, did something happen? Did something change? No. no I mean, I'm going to just do what's best for me. So much for Kyrie's childhood dreams and the idea that he will follow through on the commitments he's made. Instead, he became a free agent and left for Brooklyn a stone's throw from where he grew up across the Hudson River in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and recruited Kevin Durant to join him. They then successfully got James Harden to join in their attempt to form a super team with the Nets. It was because of Durant's presence and their time together with the Oklahoma City Thunder that Harden pressed his former team, the Houston Rockets, to trade into Brooklyn, and in 2021, the dynamic duo became the big three. But the star-crossed season ended with Irving and Harden injured, and the Nets still within an inch or two of knocking out the eventual NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals.
1: I thought it was a Tracy, but I was—I was my big-ass foot was a step on the line. I, I was just seeing a little screenshot how close I was to end the season
0: off that shot. But it wasn't in God's plan, and hey, we move on. Because Durant's foot caught the line, his shot was not a series-ending three-pointer that would have iced the game 110-109 to 109 in regulation. Instead, it was a two-pointer that sent the game to overtime. There, the Nets would score just two points and fall 115-111. to 111. It would be as close as they would get to sniffing a title with their big three. The following year started with just two of the Nets' three stars taking the court. And if you guessed the missing one was Kyrie? Had he played for just about any other team, Irving, being not fully vaccinated against COVID, would have had to provide a negative test on practice and travel days and two negative tests on game day. But since he played in New York, Irving was subject to the city's vaccine mandate, which meant that unless he was fully vaccinated, he wouldn't be allowed on the floor for home games. The Nets, drawing what would eventually become a very blurred line in the sand, told him they didn't want a part-time player. If he couldn't play at home, they said don't bother showing up for road games either. And on October 12th, 2021, Nets GM Sean Marks released this statement. Our championship goals for the season have not changed. And to achieve these goals, each member of our organization must pull in the same direction. End quote. It quickly became obvious that everyone in the organization was assuredly not pulling in the same direction, thanks to Kyrie. His first chance to address the media as a member of the team didn't arrive until December. It was at that point that the Nets, due to the declining health of their roster, bent their original stance on Kyrie and announced his return as a part-time employee. This is what Irving had to say about his vaccination decision upon
2: his return. Part of being part of a team is just taking that collective responsibility once it hits and just dealing with it. You know, So it's, it's inevitable that we're going to have to move to another day. But we just move forward, man. It's, it's tough, though, when you think about just how all this is still coming together. And we have
1: basketball fans. There are yeah,
2: of but this is like, that's what I'm saying. You're bringing like my vaccination status into a basketball game. And it's like, I live my life. majority of the time when I'm away from this. So when I say I'm not getting vaccinated and I'm making a choice with my life, somehow it gets like mixed into, well, what about basketball stuff? It's like, no, bro. Like, we live in a real world. This is, this is great to be able to do this. I'm grateful for the opportunity. I love being with my teammates, I love playing on the Nets. But I've already been away enough time to think about this, to process it, to be able to make this decision, stand strong, understand that people are going to agree and people are going to
0: disagree. Note that he talked about the collective responsibilities that teammates owe one another without ever taking accountability for failing to pull his own weight as a teammate. At the time of the Nets' decision to return Irving to the floor, his teammates Durant, 37, and Harden, 36.2 were second and sixth respectively in minutes played per game in the NBA to that point. To make matters worse, Harden had suffered a setback in his recovery from a hamstring injury he sustained during the 2021 NBA playoffs. But there was a brief period of time when the three of them, Durant, Harden, and Irving, were all healthy and out on the floor together. And when they were, it was trouble for opponents. But there were also problems brewing in the Nets locker room. This is what Harden told reporters after the Nets Big 3 demolished the Bulls 138-112 on January 12th, a week after Irving's return. I'm going to give him a shot if I got it. Though one could say the comment was said in jest, it was an omen of things to come. A few days later, Durant was lost to injury, and Harden was left in the games Irving couldn't play, to carry the offense on his own. The Nets lost seven of their next nine games, including four of six that Irving was eligible to play. The slide, which saw the Nets free fall through the Eastern Conference standings, culminated in a 112-101 loss at Sacramento, in which Harden put up a listless four points, missed all five of his three-point attempts, and was accused of giving less than his all on defense. Asked about the team's struggles afterwards, this is how Harden answered:
2: "How many games we play so far? There's no, there's no concern. We don't like. We have different lineups. We got guys in and out of lineups, injuries, whatever. Like, there's no concern." We don't have a hard, our entire team and then, you know, we're doing this, this, is happening to us. Like, we got, we're just trying to figure out what works best, what guys fit, what guys don't. I mean, it's all the, it's all the process. So, um, obviously, we're going through a tough stretch and we're losing. You know, it'd be great if we can, you know, win some of these games um, while going through that process. But, you know, we're not. So, uh, with that being said, we got to just keep finding ways with the guys in a lot line of lineups. And then hopefully, you know, just
0: finish this until the break. And hopefully, you know, after the break, we can, we can potentially get our full roster and, and start making strides in the right direction. Though Harden later told reporters Irving had a minimal effect on his decision to request a trade out of Brooklyn, there is a less-than-veiled reference to Kyrie and his answer here. Nobody was shuffled in and out of the lineup more frequently than Kyrie Irving. With Harden gone, Durant on the shelf, and Irving a part-time player, the Eastern Conference favorite limped into the 7-10 play-in game against Cleveland. They won and then were promptly swept out of the playoffs by Irving's former team, the Boston Celtics. ESPN's Michael Wilbound laid the Nets' failure squarely at the feet of Kyrie Irving. I want to get to the Brooklyn Nets, who are an utter
2: failure, stunning failure. And Kyrie Irving last night said some things in his postgame comments that to me suggest that group will continue to fail. When Kyrie basically sat there and said, well... You know, we're going forward now and I'm going to be part of management. And that's what he basically said. You know, he named everybody except Steve Nash, which is interesting because he said he didn't want to be coached. Didn't need coaching. And he said we're going to we're going to we're going to make some deals. We're going to make some changes in the offseason and and he he named everybody except Steve Nash and faulted everybody except himself. And it's like, dude, you can't manage you. You can't manage to come to work. You can't manage to be a decent teammate. You can't manage to lead a group of four-year-olds
0: and now you're going to lead next year. I mean, this guy's unbelievable. This is what Will Bond was referring to in Kyrie's own words. When I say I'm, I'm here
2: with Kev, I think that it really entails us you know, managing this franchise together alongside Joe and, and Sean and just our, our group of family members that we have in, in our locker room in our in our organization.
0: The Nets, however, showed little interest in offering Irving the max contract he desired. Five years for two hundred forty five million dollars. Irving refused the Nets' lower offer. They called his bluff that he would leave for nothing. Kyrie could either pick up his thirty-five million dollar player option for this season find another team via trade to pick up his player option or sign him to a new deal, or sign what's called a mid-level exemption contract that would have paid him $6 million for this season. Finding no takers on the trade market, Irving chose the nets and the money. The following day, Durant demanded a trade out of Brooklyn. Wouldn't that have been something had it happened? It did not, and asked on the eve of this current regular season commencing why he'd asked out of Brooklyn, Durant said this. My whole thing was I wanted everybody to be held accountable for their habits as a basketball
1: player every day. And I think a lot of stuff was getting swept under the rug because we're injured or this guy's not around or just the circumstances. I thought we could have fought through
0: that a little bit more and focused on the guys that were here a little bit more. The season started with absolutely no accountability for what happened on the floor. The Nets were god-awful. In their first seven games, they allowed more points per game than any other team in the Eastern Conference. The only team in the East with the worst record at that point was Orlando. The best example of Kyrie's own version of management that I could find involved screaming at Ben Simmons loudly enough to be heard clearly through the ESPN game broadcast. Simmons, standing wide open in the middle of the lane, did not shoot. Without even looking toward the basket, he passed to Kevin Durant for a 15-foot jumper. The shot put the Nets up 12, three minutes into the third quarter of a game they would ultimately lose to Milwaukee by 11, a 23-point swing to the negative after that helpful tip from Coach Kyrie. A day after that dispiriting loss, management Kyrie, looking to take the focus off the Nets' atrocious play, decided to create an Excedrin-level 1,000 headache for the organization. On both Twitter and Instagram, he posted a screenshot containing neither comment nor caption. Amazon's rental page for the film, Hebrews to Negroes, Wake Up, Black America. Among the movie's untrue anti-Semitic claims are the all-too-popular tropes that Jews control the media and an outright denial that millions of Jews were, in fact, killed in the Holocaust. Facing the media after causing this horrible and unnecessary calamity, Kyrie didn't even bother listening to his body a few weeks earlier. Remember the name? ESPN reporter Nick Priddle. My kudos to Priddle for pursuing this line of questioning, even as Kyrie indulged in the most egotistical and nonsensical filibustering imaginable before Annette's PR flag
2: cuts off all questions. Did I do anything illegal? Did I hurt anybody? Did I harm anybody? Am I going out and saying that I hate one specific group of people? So out of all the judgment that people got from me posting, I just, without talking to me, but there has a lot to do with the not ego or pride of how proud I am to be an African heritage, but also to be living as a free black man here in America, knowing the historical complexities for me to get here. So I'm not going to stand down on anything that I believe in. I'm only going to get stronger because I'm not alone. I have a whole army around me. And to follow up on the promotion of the movie and the book. Can you please stop calling it a promotion? What am I promoting? put it out on your platform. But I'm promoting it do you see me doing? Do you see by me in front of the? It out there. The title? People are gonna say that you are. Yeah, put it out there, just like you put things out there, right? Yeah, but I. Okay. I, it's not you put stuff things out there for a living, right? Right, but my Great. stuff. Great. Is not so let's move on. Filled let's with anti-Semitic stuff. Let's move on. Don't dehumanize me up here. I, I'm not. I'm not doing I'm that. Another you're human thing. I can what, post whatever I want. So say what, that and shut it down and move on to the next question. But Kyrie, you have to understand that by I don't have post, to understand anything from you. But, but it's not me. Nothing. By No people that you're making up, bro. Move on. But by posting Move on. Next question. Any questions? Do you guys have any more questions? And they're going to say, You guys have any more questions? Because this is going to be a clip that he's going to marvel at. Is this any more questions? But you're not answering the question. This this is another answering your question. Oh my God, let's make another Instagram clip so we could be famous again. Next question.
0: Kyrie's logic in defense of himself is idiotic. He knows he has 4.5 million Twitter followers and he has them because of his platform as a famous athlete. And it's because he's a famous athlete who uses his platform that people pay attention when he wears an I Can't Breathe t-shirt to bring public attention to police shootings of black boys and men, when he produces a documentary on the police shooting of an unarmed black woman asleep in her home. He knows when he does those things that he's promoting what he believes in and wants people to see and hear, and that is how his fans and followers will respond to his social media posts and if he has no commentary about the movie, he's ceding the right to disagree with his content. Instead, he is, whether he wants to or not, owning the entirety of the opinions expressed in the movie he's posting about. He should probably also understand that the very fact he tweeted about this movie moves it from something that some people knew about to something that now everyone knows about. And sure, he can post whatever he wants. But that doesn't mean there won't be questions, concerns, or possibly consequences for doing so be it from his employers, the media, or fans. Nets owner Joe Tsai fired the first warning shot that Irving could be in serious trouble, tweeting, quote, I'm disappointed that Kyrie appears to support a film based on a book full of anti-Semitic disinformation. I want to sit down and make sure he understands this is hurtful to all of us. And as a man of faith, it is wrong to promote hate based on race, ethnicity, or religion. This is bigger than basketball, end quote. However, Cy might have thought that sit-down went, Irving would not go along with his employer's wishes. Clearly, the Nets wanted him to apologize. Irving refused. Thus, for four days after his initial press conference, there would be no Irving media availabilities. And thus, no response to what NFL Network anchor Rich Eisen said on his October 31st radio show.
1: You're dehumanizing me, Kyrie. I'm a Jewish man, descendant of people who died in gas chambers and got incinerated by nazis you're dehumanizing me by putting on your platform a book and a movie that is filled with anti-semitic tropes that are designed or eventually lead to the dehumanization of me and my children and my ancestors who died because they were jewish It's offensive and it's also really scary because it's normalized by somebody who 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 puts a ball through a hoop and is very famous for it and generationally rich for it and you have a platform because of it and it's normalized and that on top of seeing kanye was right about the jews being beamed on a stadium in jacksonville and on a building in jacksonville And I'm seeing it all over overpasses across the country. It's damn frightening. And I'd like you to help and do something about it. That's what I sit around and think about when I see
0: that. It's frightening, man. That same night, Halloween eerily enough, a group of young fans, several wearing yarmulkes and thus publicly self-identifying themselves as Jewish, sat courtside next to the scorer's table wearing T-shirts with the words, fight anti-Semitism. Still, no response from Kyrie for another three days. Until this. You have any anti-semitic beliefs? Again, I'm going to repeat. I don't know how the label
2: becomes justified because you guys ask me the same questions over and over again, but this is not going to turn into a spin-around cycle of questions upon questions. I told you guys how I felt. I respect all walks of life and embrace all walks of life. That's where I sit. I think what people we're want we're to hear, though, is a, is a more yes more or no
0: there. on that question. Yes or no. I, I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. I'd ask what that means, but why bother? Left with the option for a one-word answer to, are you anti-Semitic? Irving chose not to say no. And the team did what the league should have done previously. Suspend Irving indefinitely by issuing this statement. Quote, we were dismayed today when given an opportunity in a media session that Kyrie refused to unequivocally say he has no anti-Semitic beliefs, nor acknowledging specific hateful material in the film. This was not the first time he had the opportunity, but failed to clarify. Such a failure to disavow anti-Semitism, when given a clear opportunity to do so, is deeply disturbing, is against the values of our organization, and constitutes conduct detrimental to the team. Accordingly, we are of the view that he is currently unfit to be associated with the Brooklyn Nets, end quote. Only then did Irving apologize, posting this on Instagram. To all Jewish families and communities that are hurt and affected from my post, I am deeply sorry to have caused you pain, and I apologize. I initially reacted out of emotion to being unjustly labeled anti-Semitic, instead of focusing on the healing process of my Jewish brothers and sisters that were hurt from the hateful remarks made in the documentary. I want to clarify any confusion on where I stand fighting against anti-Semitism by apologizing for posting the documentary without context and a factual explanation outlining the specific beliefs in the documentary I agreed with and disagreed with. I had no intentions to disrespect any Jewish cultural history regarding the Holocaust or perpetuate any hate. I am learning from this unfortunate event and hope we can find understanding between us all. I am no different than any other human being. I am a seeker of truth and knowledge, and I know who I am, end quote. Irving has not to this point and may never actually say these words or anything remotely close to their equivalent. So I have to ask whether, in fact, he wrote these words or simply did a copy and paste, posting what someone else wrote for him to his Instagram account. You may remember that just a few days earlier, Rich Eisen had said Kyrie could help by using his platform to speak out against anti-Semitism. But when an 18-year-old man was arrested for threatening to attack a New Jersey synagogue, and Jews, leading the FBI to issue a broad security risk to synagogues across Kyrie's home state, did he speak up? <coughs> Among the requirements Irving had in order to have the Nets lift to suspension were to meet with representatives from the Anti-Defamation League and other leaders in the Jewish community. We have no idea whether or not he did, because Kyrie has chosen not to publicize any of the meetings that may have taken place. He was also to meet with team owner Joe Tsai to, quote, demonstrate an understanding of the situation, unquote. Apparently, after eight games, Irving had met the terms to return to the floor for the Nets for a November 20th home game against the Memphis Grizzlies. To welcome him back, a group of about 100 members of the group Israel United for Christ showed up outside Barclays Center in Brooklyn to hand out anti-Semitic literature ahead of the game. The Southern Poverty Law Center defines this association as a designated hate group, writing of them on its website in part, quote, Radical Hebrew Israelites appropriate biblical Jewish heritage to claim an exclusive identity as the true chosen people of God and decry Jews as imposters and thieves. Referring to a 2020 episode of Nick Cannon's podcast, the ironically named Cannon's Class, the Southern Poverty Law Center writes, that this is a belief system that's made its way into the mainstream. In this episode, they refer to Cannon and his guest, Professor Griff, presented the idea that Jews control the media, and Cannon further stated, they, meaning the Jews, have taken our birthright. Cannon followed by denying these statements were hate, saying, you can't be anti-Semitic when we are the Semitic people. When we are the same people who you, who they want to be, that's our birthright. End quote. That sounds remarkably similar to some of what Kyrie had said when asked for a yes no answer as to whether he's anti Semitic. I cannot be anti Semitic if I know where I come from. Fast forward 17 days to Irving's first post suspension press conference, where he's asked about the Israel United for Christ demonstrators. Remember how one of the terms of Irving's return was to demonstrate an understanding of the situation? This term he unequivocally failed as evidenced by this exchange with reporters. Hey Kyrie, there was a group of about 100 people outside wearing the shirt of a group called Israel United in Christ, a group labeled as a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. They were outside in support of you and handing out anti-Semitic literature on the plaza of people walking by. And I was wondering if I can get your reaction to that.
2: I didn't see it. What happened? There was a group outside?
0: There was a group outside, 100 Possibly more. They were wearing a shirt called Israel United in okay. Christ. They're a group labeled yeah, as a hate group a, by the. I think group. that's a conversation for another day. I'm just here to focus on the game. He then knowingly twisted the meaning of the word platform while simultaneously playing the victim card.
2: Kyrie, but you you've said this whole time that you didn't know what kind of what basically
0: what kind of voice you had. And but if these are the people that are out here in your name, do you feel like you have that's a consequence of what you've done?
2: Again, I'm just here to focus on the game. When you say one here to talk about basketball. I would like to be on a platform where I could openly share how I feel without being harshly criticized
0: or being labeled or dealing with, you know, outside perceptions that have nothing to do with me. Given the chance to actually use this platform for good, to show that he's learned something from his suspension and one-month PR fiasco, Irving said nothing. When he says that's quote-unquote a conversation for another day, it means he intends never to address the question. And given the way he chose to answer it, It's my conclusion he never met with any Jewish leaders. Or if he did, he disregarded their advice because they most definitely would have urged him to speak out if given the opportunity. He did not, and that's beyond disturbing. It's pathetic. It's disgraceful. And yet, Kyrie remains on the floor, and apparently that matters more than all the nonsense about Kyrie being unfit to represent the organization. He's told you who he is and where he stands, but the Nets won 8 of their first 11 games after Irving's return from suspension. And as of this recording, the team that had once been 2-5, and five, the 14th best record in the Eastern Conference standings, stood in second place. So I think if you stick out both hands, you'll see which one fills with first pretty damn quick. There's going to be another shoe to drop here. It might not happen tomorrow, or next week, or even next month but I will guarantee you that Kyrie Irving causes his employers a lot more headaches and will make them regret throwing good money after bad. According to the Cambridge Dictionary, this term means, quote, to waste money by spending more money on something you've already spent money on that is no good, end quote. The dictionary's example is a person deciding whether to repair an old clunker of a car when the repairs would cost more than the car itself is worth. The better investment, even if you can afford the repairs, is to get rid of the car and get a new one. Keeping the car, or even fixing it, is a bad decision. It'll break down again and you'll have to face the same decision, but already having poured in more money for repairs. In business, the money that's already been spent on the car, maintenance, gas, repairs, insurance, and the like, are defined as sunk costs. Harvard Business School defines sunk costs as a payment of investment that's already been made. It can't be recovered, and therefore shouldn't be a factor in decisions moving forward, because no matter what, it can't be recouped. Spending more money won't fix the problem. Simply put, you're just losing more money. The same is true for any other currency or resource of value you might want to substitute. Say, credibility, integrity, reputation. These non-tangible items can't ever be fully regained, no matter how hard you try. Kyrie has shown himself to be dangerous in terms of how he's willing to use or not use his platform. And the Nets have said, okay, they own this too. I'll be rooting against the Nets for as long as they continue to employ Kyrie Irving. But even if they win a championship, how can they possibly say this was worth it? Either way, this whole enterprise is going down in flames. And when it does, I'll be there to say, I told you so. This episode of Wrecking the Toy Department was written, voiced, edited, and produced by me, Jake Williams. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend and leave a review and rating on iTunes. Thank you for listening.